One thing that's important to be aware of, and this is something that really makes the spiritual journey simple. It's always been taught on this pathway. There's three things that all that is needed for this pathway. Number one, spiritual teacher. How the hell are you going to know about spirit unless you have somebody to show you, tell you, bring awareness present to it? Number two, initiation. It's called receiving the keys to the kingdom, the sacred name of God, or the way and means by which the soul can awaken to the divine living of loving essence. And number three is the action of meditation, applying that sacred name, beginning to work with and live what the spiritual teacher has given you and begin to have greater understanding and how to do that so you can really support yourself in your own journey of awakening spiritually. That's it. Simple. It's no more complicated than that. If you listen to the spiritual teacher and what they share, everything they share is all about assisting you, the soul that is in this body, in this physical consciousness, in this mind, in this emotions. It is about you. And the teacher's job is to help bring understanding and clarity but that's secondary. All the questions, all the information, all the teachings, as it's often called, that a teacher shares about the spiritual process of awakening and all that comes with it called life itself is really the secondary tool just to help give direction, clarity, understanding, motivation, entertainment, <laughs> whatever it may be that moves you to attend or listen. There's many roles in that regard, but the primary job or service that a teacher provides is really giving those keys to the kingdom. And that's it. After you receive those keys, or what we call the sacred name or unspoken name of God, once you have that, you have all that you need now to really enter upon and walk this greater journey of awakening, of loving of coming to know the greater truth of who you are and your oneness with God. That's it. And then the third part, the meditation, that's the part that's really up to you. The teacher gives you the information, the directions, the how-to, and then even gives you the keys to do that. But now it's up to you. You have a responsibility now to take what you've been given and begin to apply it into your own life, into your own action, your journey, to begin to really get the value or the benefit, the experience of what the teacher shares. Plain and simple. Keep it simple. In other words, what I'm sharing here is really coming back to basics. There's nothing magical, nothing mystical, nothing miraculous, nothing special about what we're doing here. Never has been. But yet when we really begin that journey of awakening, and begin to discover and know more of that divine essence of who you are, it seems very magical, very miraculous, very amazing as we begin to know that greater truth of the divine behind all of creation. That's where really the mysteries are revealed, the true inner revelations of spirit. And that's always very special, so to speak, from this physical point of view. But in truth, it's very ordinary. The soul and God are one. That's the truth. That's it. That's ordinary. And that's true for all of us, for everybody, regardless of one's physical experience in this world. 
The truth is we are all divine. And that's it. All the rest is just the details, or I like to say the entertainment. It's all entertainment. It's a big game. But once you understand how the game is and how it works, you can actually have a little fun playing it rather than getting so caught up in it. Like me, when I was a kid, when I'd get upset with a game and I wasn't winning, I'd throw the board up so nobody would win, right? <laughs> that's it. We're equal, right? Okay, nobody wins, nobody loses. <laughs> well, that's one way to handle it. And isn't that often what we do in life? We call it throwing our hands up, but aren't we really trying to throw up all the stuff in the game that we're caught up in and so upset about? Well, you know, what's wrong with that? Maybe that's really something inside of us that knows that we have to give up. Give it up. Isn't it funny where it's always up towards God? That always seems to be the direction. Well, in this creation, it is the direction. It's more vertical, up, right? We're going to go up to God and down to the pits of hell, okay? That's how it is. But when you really wake up spiritually, it doesn't matter. There is no direction. Down, up, sideways, in, out does not matter. It is all spirit in every direction. And that's the truth really here, even in this physical creation. That's the real truth. But we have to first wake up to that divine truth of the soul that we are to really begin to have the greater experience of the truth of spirit rather than the illusion or linear experience that goes with this world of polarity, of duality. It's all duality, up and down, it's duality, left and right, in and out, it's all duality. All of it is duality. But we still have to speak in those terms while we're here in this physical experience because that's the experience here. And so spirit can function in and through all of that and by talking about it can be, begin to bring understanding to each of us so that we can begin to recognize in ourselves what that spirit is and how it functions through this creation. And that's often the biggest part of the journey here while we're in this physical world, is just beginning to perceive or become aware and, and have the understanding of how that really works inside of us through all of this creation. When I say this creation, I'm talking about the world of time and space. Not just planet Earth, the physical but also the astral or the imagination, the causal or the emotional, the mental, the mind, the unconscious, the etheric, all those different levels that I'm talking about here. And that's often where most of the time is spent for any teacher teaching this pathway because that's where the soul is caught up, is in all this illusion that it has gotten engrossed in and attached to. That's all it is. We've just gotten caught up in it. This is often called a realm of polarity. Polarity deals with magnetism, positive, negative. Things are being pulled together through a magnetic force or being propelled apart through a magnetic force. If you understand just a couple of little principles like that, you'll begin to even see in your own life, in your relationships, whether it's with peoples, places, things, events, whatever it is, you'll start to see that way too, how things are drawn to you or you're drawn towards certain things or pushed away. That's all duality and how that works here. So it can be nice, maybe help a little bit, but just having a little understanding of polarity or duality is not necessarily going to show you the way home to God or to find your greater freedom and liberation out of this creation that has polarized the nature. You know, we have a north and south pole on the planet. Isn't it funny, even in the hemispheres of the brain, 
You're the left and right side there. So I always like to make the joke, in truth, we're all bipolar. And there's a little truth. We're all a little crazy because that's happened. We get all excited. We get all depressed. And that's just part of this nature. But part of acknowledging it all that we try to do here is also to start to take off the charge of energy that we as humans will often put on things that we often call judgment or fears or expectations or desires. Those are the words that often describe the energetic attachments that we will put on things that will hold us to it or hold it to us. It's really we, the soul, that are allowing ourselves to participate in these things that creates the attachments. In a lot of ways in this world, it looks like things are being done to us, but really that's the soul putting out the frequency to draw. That's the magnetic frequency. But that's only here in this realm of polarity. You want to learn how to become a great creator? Learn the laws of polarity and you'll learn how to draw the things to you you want in your life and how to propel away the things you don't. And that can be quite amazing. That's where a lot of people call it miracles or magicals, when we can learn to become a great metaphysician. And it's a lot of work. And it can be quite amazing that goes with that. And it can be fun for a while, but just like anything, it'll start to get old. And then we also get everything that comes with it. Because there's a lot of things that aren't necessarily nice that can come with all these fields of entertainment or polarity. Or another word that's used a lot is karma, because that's what all that is. All that is dealing with karma. But what's karma anyway? Just experience. All karma is is having experience. And it is through our experience that we really learn and become aware of what the experience is, what our karma is. This is not a journey of trying to clear karma, although it is. This is not a journey of trying to get rid of things, although that happens. This is a journey not of letting go, although that's called completion. So yes, it's all of that. Those are just, again, positive, negative expressions that we could give to the soul beginning to really let go of its experience in this world and beginning to wake up and have greater experience of the spiritual nature that it is of. And that's it. But the big other key action here is the meditation. That's really the key action that is up to each of you that want to enter into this journey. That's up to you. And there's a great freedom there. It's totally up to you what you want to do, how you want to do it, how little you want to do it, how much you want to do it, when you want to do it, whatever it is. The teacher's job is just to begin to give instruction or describe the action, but then you have to begin to apply it and find that way that it can really work for you. And there's freedom there. This isn't one of a teacher telling you what to do. That's called control, by the way. This is a journey of self-empowerment, self-awakening, self-love. That's what we're doing here. That's why it's totally up to you. If you want to have all that, self-empowerment, self-awakening, self-love, self-confidence, self-esteem, so selfish, I know it sounds like, but yet it's one of the most selfless and selfish things we can do is to really wake up to the divine that we are. And that's how it is. It often seemed like a very selfish action at first, but then as you really come more aware and awake to that divine loving that you are and get empowered, 
and you start to see the games of the world and then the truth of the divine, you'll start to see how selfless this really is. And then not only love yourself, but begin to see really how you love others and love all of God's creation. But that love that we speak of is now beyond polarity. That love is one we often give the word loving to that is one of a neutrality that does not have a magnetic charge. I like to call it the great demagnetizer. When we're really living that loving of spirit, it demagnetizes the polar charge that bonds the soul to its experience in this physical creation. So as we learn to live more in that living, loving essence of who we are, it is neutral. And the neutrality itself releases the attachments. It releases those things that we have held to us. I like to often say karma is like gravity. It pulls us down. That energy field, that force, that pulls. We can feel it. We know a lot of us know it through emotions. When we get really emotional, get really heated, whether it's angry or sad or happy, you notice how much of a charge there is with that, all the energy in there. That gives you a good idea of what I'm talking about. It's that energy and what happens with that, what we do with it, what our experience is with that. That's the thing to pay attention to, and that's where we're going to really learn. And then, of course, all the thoughts that come with those feelings. And then all the fantasies we have of what we'd like to do with it. Well, I would love to tell them off. I'd love to be free of that. I would love to forgive myself. I would love to whatever. Oh, a lot of that's imagination now coming into play of all the things we would like. And that's nice. But what about just being present? Just being rather than having to try to do something to direct our thoughts or feelings or even our actions and reactions. What if we could just be present? Well, haven't we heard those phrases throughout time? Be here, be in the now, be present, the divine present, the moment, be in the moment. What's all that about? Well, that action of meditation that we're given is a way to begin to apply this spiritual technique of awakening is a great tool that we've been given truly by God. Not a, not a teacher physically, by God, as that action by which we can begin to be in the moment, be present, just be. Because it's in that place that we can now begin to awaken and be aware of what that living, loving essence of spirit is. And that's a lot of the work, if we can call it that. I know we talk about inner work here. In truth, it's not work. It's just loving. It is just being present. The work is trying to find our way through all the stuff, the polarity charges that would keep us from being just centered and present in that divine beingness. That's the work. Because that's all those charges that we've gotten so caught up in that we're finding our way through to come back to that presence of the divine. And this is where we do have a few other tools that are shared from time to time. In ILM, we've just called it LAF, laugh, loving, accepting, forgiving. Well, it's the same thing every teacher's talked about. We've just given a fun little acronym that maybe is a little easier to remember 
so that we can begin to apply it and really begin to have more experience with it for ourselves. Simple way. But LAF is just an expression that comes out of this action of initiation and meditation. That is truly that essence of spirit. And that's just one way we've begun to share it here in ILM so that we each can begin to take that as a tool to see how we can apply that in our lives, in our own consciousness, to find our way through all of these things we're attached to. That's it. I'm using the word attachment a lot today. What are attachments? How do we get attached? Why do we get attached? Desire, lust, greed, power, yeah. All the energy, yeah. Follow your passion. Nobody says follow your compassion. Follow your passion, not your compassion. Yeah, go for the success. Make all the money you can. Power, greed. You don't hear people going, yeah, go for the neutrality, the unconditional loving. Yeah, peace, joy. Well, maybe he a little bit of that, but I know it's just not taught in the world, is it? Because it's not of the world. The world is not going to teach this. So part of it is not making the world wrong. The world does what it does. And if we can just acknowledge it and accept it the way it is, right away we're going to start to become more neutral and let go of our charge because we hate how the world is. I don't like how they do things. I wish they would change. In fact, I'm going to go make them change. I'm going to start a great organization and a great cause in the world to change the world. (laughs) I said that very neutrally. That's what happens, though. That's what happens. We're going to go change the world. What are we going to do? I'm going to force my will, I mean God's will, on the people. (laughs) It's what goes on. It doesn't matter what you call it. We all know what it is. And we all get caught up in these things from time to time. It's just part of the process. But do we make it wrong? Or do we just say, you know what? That's part of the experience of this world. I'm so grateful to have the experience here because this too is all part of God's creation. It's only one part. It's only one tree in the whole Garden of Eden, the tree of good and evil, the tree of knowledge. One tree in a whole garden. Well, what the heck is in the rest of the garden? Would you like to take a bite of those apples? Or maybe they're mangoes or some other kind of fruit or something, depending on your preference. There's a lot of other trees and plants just like in this world. But right now, we've all taken a bite of that apple with the bad worm in it and have been sick ever since. You know, a lot of people call it giving up. Maybe we're throwing up is what we're doing, (laughs) trying to get rid of all that stuff. Well, that's often how it feels. But I'll tell you what, when we bit that apple, we probably thought it was a great journey, a wonderful ride. Wow, what is this whole kingdom that God has created that we do not know about? What is this whole kingdom here, this whole creation here? Maybe we really are the child of God, the soul, like little children that are just curious and love to go and explore, to have experience, to learn. Maybe that's what we all did. Maybe it's not good and evil. Maybe it's just experience. And the experience here appears like good and evil, pain and pleasure right and wrong. It's the experience here. 
But if you would like to know the secrets of soul transcendence, soul liberation, spiritual awakening, if you would like to know those secrets, it's called laugh. Love, accept, and forgive. Those keys, that acronym is the secret by which the soul can really get liberated and detach from, do we have a, could we pull a chair out for Jane? Okay, great. We'll take a little, a little pause here for a moment. That's all right. No, no that's great. Glad you're here. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and begin to continue then. You know, I know a lot of people, a lot of places, and people always think I'm supposed to quiet my mind and not judge. You don't hear us talk about that in here. We're not trying to quiet the mind. We're not trying to not judge. To me, that's hopeless. Why set yourself up for a hopeless situation? Why not really go for what's more real and true and doable? How about something doable? How's that sound instead of more hopeless? So the loving, accepting, and forgiving is really now more of a doable action. That is, we begin to direct ourselves in those qualities that we can really begin to have some achievable results if I want to quantify it. It is objective as well as subjective. It's both. There's no subjective or objective in this path. It encompasses all things. But a lot of the times, what do we do? We judge things, we make them wrong. And in that, that's how we create the bond of attachment. But then it's not called stop judging. It's called start loving, accepting, and forgiving is how we release those attachments to begin to set ourselves free from those things we've attached ourselves to. But what else does that? Judgment is usually the big one. Desire, power, greed, like I was saying earlier, all these things are the things we do inside of ourselves that create the attachments. But it's not about trying to stop that nature, because believe me, while you're in this world, it's part of the nature of the world, and that's the way it's going to function. If you try to change that, that's where I made the jokes earlier, good luck. You ain't going to change the world. Everybody's tried it ever since mankind has come on this planet, has tried to change it. Have they gotten very far? I don't know. Yeah, let's wipe out that race of people. That'll change it. They didn't work. Well, then the other ones come back. Well, God, those people are so evil and terrible that wiped them out. Let's wipe them out. And on and on it goes. Doesn't change anything. It's the same old thing. And at some part, some point, those souls that are on a journey, which we all are, are going to begin to recognize and say, what's really going on here? Yeah, history does repeat itself. And boy, another way... History spelled as S-T-U-P-I-D, right? That's not a judgment I'm doing right now. It's just an evaluation. But this is what we do. I make a lot of jokes because what happens when we get serious? What is the energy of seriosity? What is it? Isn't it usually based on some type of a judgment or a fear or a wrongness? Think about it. Look at it. Don't just think, look at it. When you get all serious or see other people get serious, isn't it usually uncomfortable, the energy that's running? Well, why is it so uncomfortable? What is that? What is that that is so uncomfortable in the word we've used as serious to describe it? 
Those are the things I'm talking about is to pay attention to. These words are nothing. The words just help to describe a movement of energy, of consciousness, of experience. It's in paying attention to our experience and learning from that experience that we can begin to now see to have more of that experience. Yeah, I love power, lust, and greed. It's awesome. Let me create more. Or you go, you know, I'm really sick to my stomach from this now. I want to find a way to start healing that sickness. Well, look at even these words. A lot of religious places call them evil and poisonous. Well, maybe those are good descriptions. Because that's often what it feels like or looks like or sounds like. But then what is the medicine we can take to begin to heal a lot of these ailments? Loving, accepting, forgiving. LAF, laugh. Laughter is always a great way to get through seriosity and any other word that creates those uncomfortable feelings that make you sick. Here's the spiritual healing. You apply laugh daily, and that'll be your spiritual healing to whatever ails you. That's really it. You want true spiritual healing? It's called learning your lessons, getting free of your karmas. But the getting free of the karmas and learning the lessons is a wonderful journey of loving, accepting, and forgiving not of getting rid of, judging, making wrong, and trying to distance yourself from it. That creates more pain, separation, and sickness. It's through the loving, accepting, and forgiving. To embrace it through your loving. That doesn't mean physically you have to do anything with it. I'm not talking about physical actions here. We're talking about spiritual actions that we do in our consciousness, regardless of what's going on with the physical We're not trying to change the physical on this pathway of soul liberation. We are trying to love, accept, and forgive it all and wake up to the truth of the divine that we are. That's very different. It is. This pathway is very different. I know a lot of people, when you try to describe this pathway to somebody, it's hard to describe, isn't it? That's why I always say, what do you guys do? I say, we teach meditation. Oh, meditation art, I know what that is. Okay, great. Yeah, really, do you? I know, but it doesn't matter. It's all about the experience. And it's not even coming to the understanding of the experience. It's about loving it all. It is the loving that fulfills the experience so that we really awaken and have the fulfillment of the karma so that we learn the lesson there. Loving fulfills it. When we're in resistance and judgment and fear, oh yeah, that word fear, I didn't mention that one earlier, did I? Well, there you go. Fear, that's often the basis behind all these other deadly sins. All us sinners. I feel kind of preachy, churchy today. This is fun. (laughs) Ooh, fun, a new acronym, F-U-N. Forgiveness unconditionally neutralizes. <laughs> why are we laughing? Why did you laugh at that? Seriously, why did you laugh? The truth will set you free. And that laughter is often a sign of that freedom and joy that comes present when we let go of a lot of the attachments that cause the pain. That's the simplicity. Never anything, I hope you're finding the entertainment and laughter here 
really serving and you're finding value in that, that it's not just joking around, but if you pay attention to the joking around and your experience that goes on even here, you'll begin to see how that moves in you and through you so you can do it anywhere. And that's what we would hope for you is that you can take what you experience, not just learn or hear here verbally, but take your experience inwardly that goes on here so that you can begin to see how you can live it day-to-day, moment-to-moment in your life. That's the real value of coming here to gather like this, to meditate together, to share, and there's a fly running around here. (laughs) It's all about soul freedom. But what we're doing here is learning how to set the soul free. That's it. We're not trying to change the world. We're not trying to learn how to get rid of our judgments and fears. Because here's another key principle. You foc- what you focus on, you get. Energy follows thought. You're going to focus on your fear and getting rid of it. You're going to get more fear, and you're going to learn how it is to struggle trying to push fear away. This is how it works. But if you focus on loving, accepting, and forgiving and laughing, then that's what you're going to get more of. It's Again, It's simple. It's simple. Keep it simple. Often we'll get too preoccupied with so many different teachings, so many different techniques that we scatter our energy so thin and far that no technique is really supporting us to the greater extent that it could if we gave it more of our time and focus. I remember years ago when I did a lot of, I didn't have time for any kind of full-time work or family or friends or anything. I was so busy spending hours every day doing all kinds of spiritual, meditative, metaphysical techniques for healing, for awakening, for this, for that. And then I finally realized one day I was doing too much and I wasn't getting anywhere. And I finally realized and I just said, you know what? I'm going to let everything go and just come back to the basics. Meditation and learning the principles of soul liberation. That's it. And that's all I do to this day. And ever since that day, my life has gotten simple. And in that simplicity, all the freedom started just awakening inside of me. So I just let go because I was trying so hard to liberate my soul. I was trying so hard. I was so trying hard it was so hard I wasn't working hard enough because I was still stuck <laughs> the hell why isn't this stuff working everybody else says it works and then when I hear them share their life experience they're all depressed and miserable I'm going Are you sure it's working because you don't seem too happy <laughs> and I was one of them not kidding. It woke me up. I remember one group I was in, there was like over a dozen people in this gathering. We went around and we each did a sharing, giving things up to God, putting things, you know, in the light type of stuff. Every single person, including myself, was putting all their depression and how miserable everything was. I'm like, what's going on here? Seriously, what is going on here? I thought this spiritual stuff supposed to be uplifting and liberating and joyful. This ain't no joy going on here. That woke my eyes up. 
that was one of the big awakenings for me, just in a small gathering, you know, doing our spiritual stuff. I'm going, this isn't a spiritual support group. This is a depression support <laughs> while supporting our depression. I'm trying to get undepressed. That was the term then, undepressed. Well, where's my focus on the depression still? No, I was trying to get joyful and free and happy. But it's often those times and situations we find ourselves in to finally wake us up to what we're doing. Because believe me, this world of reflection will often reflect back to us a lot of what's going on inside of us. Not 100%, so don't try to live your life figuring out about yourself, oh, what are they reflecting back to me? They're reflecting all kinds of garbage back to you. So what do you want? Do you want all the garbage and saying all this? Or would you rather focus on that divine light of loving that each of us shares with each other? That's what's behind all the reflection. But there's usually too much garbage all over the mirror to see that. But that's not reflection. On the mirror of reflection, all we're going to see is all the garbage. You've got to look beyond the mirror. That's why we focus up here. Everything down below here is the mirror of reflection of all the things in the world that are the illusions that are not real. They just look that way, but it's a reflection. Is that image in the mirror real or is it an image of the real? Is it true? Or is that true and the mirror is just reflecting the truth? Well, we have believed that that reflection in the mirror is true, and that's why we're so caught up in it. And we keep trying to change the mirror. We keep trying to change our self-image. You've got to give up changing your self-image. Changing the self-image comes out of fear and judgment. Oh, my God, I'm so ugly. Oh, my God, what are other people going to think? Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my God, look at that. Look at that. Divine reflection of myself. I just love it. I accept myself just the way I am. Screw everybody else who doesn't like it, but I love myself just the way I am. Well, that's part of it. It's funny because when I talk about communication and people talk about standing in the truth, at the beginning they often think it's, well, I'm going to stand in my truth and tell them what it is. This isn't about telling people off. It's about standing in your truth and living your truth. Not about telling everybody. And That's right. Thank you. I was trying to be nice today and not use that language. Never works, though. It's part of the world and what it is. That's the energy. Because whenever we're dealing with the illusion or the reflection, it's always going to have what often feels like a negative. That's a word we often use, is negative. Because... That frequency that we call negative is really just the frequencies of the reflection that to the soul is very coarse and disturbing, grinding, grating, irritating. I was getting on a flow of consciousness with all that disturbing energy. Do I keep going with that or should I go ahead and shift gears to make it finer, subtle, soft, nurturing, gentle, warm fuzzies? And that's often what we'll associate with spirituality is the warm fuzzies. And because it often is. And each of us knows that inside of ourselves. So we go for the warm fuzzies or that subtle, gentle, loving 
nurturing quality of the spiritual essence. These are the ways to recognize this. But then all of a sudden we're in that for a little while and something just yanks us right out of it. And then we're back in that grating, grinding, painful experience of the reflection. Energetic qualities, frequencies, vibrations. What was that song from long ago, Good Vibrations? It's that kind of stuff. So as we move into this action of meditation, it is the way by which we can begin to really not only sort through, but awaken to and know more of these frequencies that we can label or put words or descriptions on, which can be very useful when we're communicating here. But the communication is really one anyway of just attempting to become more aware and awake and learn what those frequencies are that are either disturbing and grinding or subtle, soft, lifting. That's all we're doing here in these gatherings like this. It's just putting words so that as we listen or hear, we look inside and start to, through that looking inside, we can begin to discover and learn what all those frequencies are. And as we learn them, well, guess what? Part of soul liberation and karmic fulfillment is learning what those frequencies are. When you learn the frequency, there's the fulfillment. When you know what disturbance is, whatever it is, and you allow yourself to say, okay, you know what? I am going to be present here and now in my disturbance. How often do you do that? Oh, thank you, God. I'm so grateful for all this disturbance. <laughs> joy. Oh, joy. How many of us do that? Hell no. We go in there and judge the heck out of it. Why am I so miserable? What are you doing to me? What did I do to myself? What they did to me, those rotten. That's what we usually do, causing more separation, trying to push away the disturbance in our reaction. And what are we doing? How are we trying to push it away? We match it with the same kind of energy. It's exactly the same. Our reaction is the very frequency that put us into reaction, that we're reacting to. Did it put us into reaction? Or did we put it into reaction and then it came back? What was first? Cause and effect or effect and cause? Chicken or the egg, egg or the chicken? Who did it first? That's their fault. Always comes back to the creator, everything. All your own reactions, maybe not this life, maybe not last life, maybe a billion years ago you put something out and hell, this universe is so big, it just took a long time to come back. And all of a sudden, you're disturbed. But what do we do in our reaction? We try to protect ourselves, to deflect or reflect that energy from coming into us back out into creation. So what are we doing? We're still promoting that energy that we created to begin with through our reactions and protection, fears and judgments, we're actually continuing the process now of cause and effect, cause and effect. Oh, yeah, it went out for the moment. Then we quiet down. We're not so reactive. Oh, and then here it comes back again. I thought I was done with that. No, you weren't. All you did was deflected for a moment. Here it comes back. Sooner or later, you're going to have to deal with it. It's just a choice. You want to deal with it now or you want to deal with it later? 
That's all it is. That's where your choice is. Freedom of choice. Well, you had freedom of choice when you created it in the first place. And some of our creations we really like. And it's usually the creations we don't like that we just want to keep deflecting. But we created it, and sooner or later we are going to take responsibility for our creations. It's just a matter of when. So that's the other freedom of choice. When do you want to deal with it? Not if, or do I get to or not? When do you want to deal with it? Well, see, most of us aren't going to deal with it because it's totally disturbing, and, and we don't know how to deal with it. So we will keep deflecting and reflecting it back out into creation. But every time it comes around, it gives us an opportunity to learn from it now, to be open to what is there for us, to fulfill that which we put out and does now come back to us. The creator, cause, and effect come back. So a lot of what happens when we begin this journey of spiritual fulfillment and awakening is that we're going to learn how to handle a lot of those creations that have caused disturbance. And that's where the LAF comes in. When we can love, accept, and forgive, that takes away all the shields and now allows the creation to come back to its creator and be fulfilled. That's all we have to do is allow that to come back to us. And just in that alone, it's going to be fulfilled. Because by allowing it, it's another way of saying we accept it back into ourselves. And that is an action of loving. Really, there's only one thing. It's loving. Acceptance is one expression of loving. Forgiveness is an expression of loving. So as we accept it back in, is how we are now loving it. And in that loving, it fulfills the karma. It fulfills the lesson. And as we take it in, all of a sudden it becomes clear. We see it. We went, oh my God. And then we actually do go into gratitude. So I make the jokes. Oh, I'm so, I mean, I'm so grateful for this wonderful disturbance in my life. But that's what it becomes. Use it like an affirmation. I am so grateful for the disturbance in my life. I created it. Why not be grateful for my creation rather than judge it? Thank you for the opportunity to create and have experience. There's so many ways we can do this that will actually support us and lift us up rather than keep causing separation in our consciousness with ourselves, others, and God. Just start accepting, start loving, start allowing, be open. Literally, be open. Sooner or later, you will. Every soul will, sooner or later, let go of the defense mechanisms and stop trying to protect itself because sooner or later, we're going to realize all that does is keep causing separation. And that separation that we keep creating and allowing is what separates us from God when we so badly want God, when we so much want to experience loving and acceptance and forgiveness, when we so much want to be done with this creation. But this is a way by which we can do that. This is a way by which we can do that. And back to meditation we go. LAF, meditate. LAF, meditate. Oh, teacher, teacher, can you help me understand how this works? Sure, no problem. Okay, here you go. 
Okay, back to LAF and meditate. Back to LAF and meditate. Oh, I had this awareness. I'm starting to get an idea, but I'm not sure. Could you help me understand it greater? Okay, let's have an afternoon Sunday gathering, a potluck sharing and Q&A. That'll help me get greater clarity and understanding. And back out into the world I go, and then I get to work it. Oh, LAF and meditate, LAF and meditate. So now all of you guys can say, what's the answer to every question? Not meditation, it's meditation and LAF. But what are those both? Loving. loving. Somebody's been listening now who's been saying that. <laughs> it's all about loving. Meditation's all about loving. LAF is all about loving. Meditation and LAF are simply expressions or ways in which we can begin to experience the loving. And that's the key. That's why you hear us in here when we say meditation. We say this meditation that we teach in Interlight Ministries is only about loving. Loving God and allowing God to love you. Oh, it seems like polarity. Well, guess what? We are in polarity. But in the polarity, when you acknowledge it and accept it, okay, here's my experience. My experience is polarity right now. I'm in the experience of separation from God. Wow, there's loving and acceptance. I am so mad. I'm so sick and tired and hurting from all this. Well, self-pity just gives you more self-pity, more pain, but we all do it. But then eventually we go, okay, that hurts too much. And then we start to relax, and then we get more open, and then all of a sudden the love comes in, and now the acceptance, and then the for I forgive myself for being so pitiful or whatever. <laughs> we do. We have to love and forgive all these things we do with ourselves and not make it wrong. Oh, my God, I said, not, not, don't judge. Don't make it wrong. Oops. Go ahead. Judge it. Make it wrong. Just remember to forgive yourself and to love it. And that's always the key. And you just keep coming back to that. You'll get free. You'll clear your karma. You'll get liberated and you will wake up and know the divine living, loving essence that you are and your oneness with God. You'll even know what God is in the process. There's the oneness. So in other words, here it appears we're separate from God. So in this experience of separation, there's just a way and means by which we can begin to mend the separation and begin to once again awaken and know our oneness. As we hear Jim often saying here, one day you wake up and realize you never left the heart of God. In truth, you've always been one with God. have never been in separation. All you did was turn away. And in looking away from God and looking down and out into this creation here, we followed that movement of consciousness and are now just experiencing the looking away. And all we're doing in meditation is now turning back towards God so that now that's our experience. So we're doing all these things, meditation, LAF, F-U-N, F-U-C-K, whatever you want to call it. It's all about now letting go of our focus down and out in this world. Well, you guys remember that one, right? Forgiveness unconditionally clears karma. <laughs> so that's just another way to let go and simply focus back towards God. And in that focus, then we're going to get to experience what we're focusing on. And meditation is just focusing on that. That's the simplicity on this. Keep it simple. It's very practical. 
It's very practical. And when you live that practicality in that way, then the magic happens. Your life will change. And it can be quite amazing and awesome what changes in the things that you can experience on these other levels of consciousness are just extraordinary. To this world, and spirit is very ordinary, but to this world, it's extraordinary. And that's what we want because that part of us that is asleep maybe right now, the soul, still knows it. Even if it's at an unconscious level, we know this. I like, and I'm going to borrow a phrase Jim shared years ago from the very beginning when he started sharing about this journey. One of the things that Spirit shared with him to share with people is just remind people, we're not telling you anything new. We're just helping you remember what you've forgotten. Those aren't the exact words to remember. It was something else. But that's it. Jim and I aren't teaching you anything new. We're not telling you. We're just helping to remind you simply what you've forgotten. Because we all know this. It's all inside of each of us. And having a discussion and sharing is simply a way by which we can assist in that remembering process or returning returning process back towards God. And that's what every spiritual teacher does. Spiritual teacher is simply one who has remembered, who has experienced, who has woken back up and know their oneness with God, and they're just simply here sharing that, what that is, how they did it, so that those that are ready can also do the same. Keep it simple, soul. New kiss. Keep it simple, soul, K-I-S-S. Because eventually we do go from stupidity to wisdom, so we can keep it simple, whether you're in your stupidity or in your, in your soul. That was fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>